0: of God on our life a lot of people desire to change but they don't know how to change that's why hopefully this series is helping you because we're trying to give you some practical steps to take on how do you change with the help of God like I said a lot of people want to they just don't know how to they don't know where to start and that's why uh, we're doing this series God must be in the center of your change for it to be true and lasting If we're really going to change, and not just for a week, and not just for a month, not just for a year, God must be in the center of it. True and lasting change only happens when God is the foundation of your change. Because trust me, you'll get off the diet, and you'll go back and get fat again. Can I get amen? I'm talking to myself. Uh, You know what? You'll, You'll get off the cigarettes, and you know what? A couple weeks later, you'll get back on the cigarettes. Why? Because God's not in the center of that. It's just external change. But if it's going to be true and lasting change for a lifetime, God must be in the center of it. So I want to recap real quick before we talk about the next two steps. Recap some of the power principles. Everybody say power principles. We've been talking about on Sunday morning. How does God help us change? Well, this is how he helps us change. He helps us through his word. And we have to Live out His word. And when we do, that's when God's power comes and helps us change. So let's talk about this. These are the past two weeks we talked about these five power principles in change. The power of I can. We said if you're really going to change, you have to believe you can. It's not good enough that your friends and your family and even God believes you can. If you're really going to change, you have to believe you can. And the truth is you can because... Jesus lives on the inside of you. Come on, I'm going to need you to respond a little bit better today. And Jesus lives on the inside of you, and his word says, You can do all things through him who gives me strength. You can do all things. You can change all things through Jesus who gives you strength. So, the power of I can, that's the first place we start. We have to believe we can change. Now, once again, this pertains to every area of your life, it's not just spiritual. Spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, any area. God can help you change. Don't think some things are just spiritual and some things are natural. No, God cares about everything. And God can help you change. And so we have to believe we can. The power of humility. We talked about if we're going to receive God's help, we have to be humble people. And we have to realize without God, we cannot change. Without God, we cannot get better. Without God, we cannot overcome. So we need God. And how do we get God involved? The power of humility. Now, the verse for that was, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if we want to receive God's grace or God's ability to change, we have to be humble. Now, what does humility look like? You have to say, God, I need help in this area. I can't do it by myself. Don't be prideful and stubborn and act like you can change when you know you can't. Because God can't help you. But he can help you when you say, God, I need your help. I'm in debt. I need help financially to get out of the situation. Show me the way out. And when you, you talk like that to God and when you pray that way, notice he resists the proud, but he gives grace, his ability, to the humble. So now you've got his ability to change in that area of your life. So the power of humility, the power of vision. We talked about you have to have a vision for your life. God said in His Word, write the vision for your life. Make it plain. Make it clear. Make it simple. And we know that we're faith people, but faith has to have a vision. Faith has to have a target. Faith has to have a blueprint on where you're going if you're ever going to get there. Or we said faith has to be, or your vision has to be the GPS that your faith uses to get to where you want to go in life. So you have to have a vision. I mean, if you don't have a vision, how would you know if you ever got there? You wouldn't. You got to type in the destination and that's what vision does. The power of vision. The power of your words. We talked about that last week. Your words have power and authority. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And your words have the power to change your world. They have the power to change your future. They have the power to change the situations in your life. So there's power in your words. God said it. God created us in his likeness and image and being. And so just like God has power in his words, we have power in our words. And the power of choice. We talked about the power of your choice because we must ultimately choose to change. God won't choose that for us. And we can't blame our past. We can't blame our friends and our family. We can't blame anybody else. At some point in your life, You have to take ownership for your life and say, I can't do anything what happened in my past, but I can do something about what's going to happen in the future. I can't change the first couple chapters, but I can write a new ending. Come on now, somebody. Because, why? Your choice. And God has given you the power of your choice. That we can choose to change. And we can choose to have a new life, but notice God will not choose it for us. He said in his word, there's blessings and cursings, life and death And God says, therefore, you choose life. But He's not going to choose it for us. We have to choose life. All right, so those are the five things we talked about the past two weeks. And we're going to give you two more today. You guys excited about this? So today, the first one we want to talk about today, we're talking about change. The next power principle we want to talk about is the power of desire. The power of desire. The power of desire pertaining to change in our life. This is uh, so important for your life because the fact is your desire to change has to become greater than your desire to stay the same or you'll never change. I'm going to say that one more time. Your desire to change has to become greater than your desire to stay the same or you will never change. Usually, people have to get to a point of crisis to have this happen. It's like, I just had a massive heart attack. Maybe I should change my eating habits. So it has to be a crisis situation. I just lost all my friends and family. Maybe I should change my relationships. Most people have to get in a crisis situation to get to this place of desiring to change. But it doesn't have to be that way for us. I heard one guy say, change before you have to. Change before you have to. You're going to need a change in life, just change before you have to. Because if you've got to wait till then, you're too late, really. It might work, but there's going to be destruction in your life because you didn't choose to change when you needed to change. So change before you have to. So our desire to change has to become greater than our desire to stay the same. Our desire. So the power of desire, you have to desire to change more than you desire to stay the same. And God changes us from the inside out. The world tries to change us from the outside in. That's why it's only superficial change. That's why it's only temporary change because God comes from the inside out but the world comes from the outside in. And if it's going to be true and lasting change it has to be internal first before it becomes external. You have to get it in here first before you get it out here. Now we know this. You guys have been taught well in this church. Dad talks about that. You have to get it in your spirit first before you get it in your mind, in your body. you have to get a hold of it right here first in your desires before it ever changes on the outside. So if you're dealing with something financial and you want to get out of debt, you have to internally get a hold of it first, before your finances will start changing. You have to have a real desire first, before it changes. If you want to get healthy, You're going to have to do something first internally before it happens externally. Because true and lasting change, notice, comes from the inside out. God changes you internally, because that's the real you, your spirit. And then it comes out externally. When you got saved, your actions didn't change first. What changed first? Your spirit changed first. And because God changed your spirit... I'm preaching better than you're responding today. Anthony is the only person responding to me right now. Your spirit changed first. And what happened? Eventually, your actions changed afterwards. But you didn't come to the altar and God said, well, you better stop all these actions and clean yourself up and then come back to me. No, God didn't say that. Why? Because change happens from the inside out. It starts internally and then it happens externally. So we have to get change In our heart and in our desires first if we're going to change. If it's going to be real and lasting, you have to get your desire to change bigger and greater than your desire to stay the same. And let's not wait, let me say this again, for a tragedy to happen for us to figure this out. Because most people wait till they hit rock rock bottom and then say, I think I need to change. You could have changed all along. Kind of like the person that, you know, is living a crazy lifestyle and gets hit by a car and says, glory to God, I got hit by this car. I got woken up and now I'm going to give my life to God. You could have got saved before you got hit by the car. You don't have to hit rock bottom to realize you need to change. And your desire has to change first. Your desire, the power of desire. So, we're going to give you some practical steps about desire, but I want to tell you a couple stories real quick here. There is a a great man of God. Now, you know his son, but a lot of you don't know the dad. A lot of you know who Joel Osteen is. Raise your hand if you know who Joel Osteen is. Um, His dad, John Osteen, was a legend in the faith, was a general of the faith. He started Lakewood Church. He started in the Word of Faith movement with... People that we honor at this church like Dr. Lester Summerall, like T.L. Osborne, like Kenneth Hagan, like Kenneth Copeland, all these legends of the faith. John Osteen was right in there with those guys back in the day. And John Osteen was a man of faith. And I encourage you, look this up later. It's on YouTube. Look up this message called, How Bad Is Your Want To? Trust me, it will be the most encouraging message you've ever heard in your life. John Osteen, How Bad Is Your Want To? Look it up. There's several different versions of it on YouTube that he preached. How bad is your want to? So this series he did in his church, he talked about how bad is your want to, or we could say desire. And he was talking to people about you need to get your desires around what you want. You need to get your heart around what you want because the truth is, we can say all day that we can't change, but it's not a matter if we can change or not. That's a choice. It's a matter as how bad as your want to to change. Now stay with me here, because we can all change. It's just what our desires to change. Newsflash: I could eat right if I wanted to. I have the money to do so, but I still go to Puerto Vallarta. I still go through McDonald's. I don't have an excuse. How bad is my want to? I have zero want to right now. Now, when I see myself in the mirror, when I put on my bathing suit for the summer, then it might be a different situation. But notice, don't wait for the crisis moment. Oh, my gosh, what happened to me? And then we change. Drastic diet. I'm only drinking lemon water for the next two months. I'm going to lose 50 pounds of weight. Don't even talk to me about eating. Don't wait for the crisis moment to change. How bad is your want to? I can change anytime I want to. And you can do the same. You fill in the blank, whatever area it is. We could change if we wanted to, but notice our want to is not strong enough. How bad is your want to? How much is your desire? The power of desire, that's what we're talking about today. And he gives several stories, but I want to share one of the stories with you today, which is funny because it applies to all of our lives. Uh, he said his his mom. Um, this is the word he uses because in this time in uh, where he lived, she dipped snuff, so chewing tobacco. She dipped snuff, John Osteen's mom, and, and he jokingly said, "You know, are you going to go to hell if you uh, chew tobacco?" He said, "No, but you got to go to hell to spit." Okay, come on, that's just a good <laughs> preacher joke, right there. Okay. Kind of like if you smoke cigarettes, you know. You'll go to heaven, but you'll smell like hell. I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, he said, you got to go to hell this spit. So his mama was saved. She loved God. But notice she had an addiction. She had wrong desires. She's still going to heaven. But notice she never got a hold of a desire to change in that area. So she dipped snuff. That's the way he, he would phrase it. And he said, his daddy was the sweetest man. And begged his mom for years and years and years. Please stop dipping snuff. I beg you. And, of course, he he said, you know, because no man wants to kiss a woman and vice versa who's got that in their mouth all the time. That's disgusting. Can I get amen? So his sweet daddy begged his mama for all those years, please stop dipping snuff. Please. And he said in that period of time when... um, when they were living, which is probably like back in the Great Depression days, he said that um, his dad said to his mom, I will give you $100 if you stop. Now, he said $100 back then was like thousands and thousands of dollars today, like $10,000. So it would be the equivalent today of somebody saying, i would just give you $10,000 if you stop that right now. He would say, I will give you $100 if you just stop doing that and he said his dad lived and died she never stopped so his mama was about 80 some years old and he said that she was just something else he said she was an honorary little woman that's the way he said it <laughs> so she knew what she wanted so he said his mama after the, his dad passed away she never stopped dipping snuff all those years even though that her his dad begged and begged and begged and said, I'll give you $100 and give you anything you want. Just stop. She was 80-some years old, and he said that his mama found a man who was 10 years younger than she was. And she wanted this man. Now, she's 80-some years old, and he's 10 years younger. And she told John Osteen, she said, son, I know... If he finds out that I dipped snuff, he will never marry me. Now the thing is, he said, guess how long it took my mom to quit dipping snuff? Just like that. Why? Her want to got strong enough. Her desire got strong enough. It wasn't she couldn't, she wouldn't. All those years she told her husband, I can't stop, I can't change. No, her her want to wasn't strong enough. Her desire wasn't strong enough. It wasn't she couldn't, it was she wouldn't. Now you're getting something today. Because her desires got strong enough, she changed. And you guys apply that to your own life. You know there's areas in your life you could change if you wanted to. But you don't have a strong enough desire right now. It's not that you can't. It's so are choosing not to. And like he said, how bad is your want to? If you want to change, you can change. If you want to get out of debt, you can get out of debt. If you want to be healthy, you can be healthy. If you want your relationships restored, you can have them restored. If you want a new life, you can have a new life. But it's how bad is your want to? How bad is your desire to change? Because God wants to help you, but you have to want it first. Where are your desires at? How bad is your want to? Because you can change if you want to. So what happened with John Osteen's mom here? She found her a man 10 years younger and her want to supernaturally got strong enough to quit. <laughs> and he said his mom quit in a day, just like that, for all those years. Saying she couldn't. When not she couldn't, she wouldn't. Why? Because her desire got strong enough. The power of your desire. Are you getting something today? You have to have a desire to change if you're going to change. Your want to has to be strong enough to change. Let's read a verse, Philippians 2 and verse 13. In the New Living Translation, it's one of my favorite verses of all time. I love this. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you. Let me stop right there. For God is working in you. Why? Because change happens from the inside out. So God's working in you because that's the real you. Your spirit, the real you. God is working in you. Notice what he's doing. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, this verse, I've been thinking about this and meditating this. I love this verse because it says, God not only will give you a desire to change, which is one step, but he will go ahead and give you the power to actually change. It's funny because a lot of people in the church world will either camp on one or the other. It's like you've got denominational people that are like, well, God wants you to change and will put a desire in you, but there's no power to do it. And you got Pentecostals over here, Charismatics, saying God's going to give you the power, but you have no desire to do it. It's not one or the other. It's together. Both and. God wants to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And how many know what pleases Him is that we change? And you could really put in there, if you know there's something in your life that you need to change and needs to be different, that's going to be what pleases God, because He wants to see that change for you. So it's God in you, giving you the desire and power to change. Now why did I read this verse? Because I want all of us in here to think about this verse, meditate on this verse, realizing that maybe you came in here with no desire whatsoever to change. Start praying this verse over your life. God's working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in me, giving me the desire and power to change this area of my life. That's how you start getting the desire for the right things. Is letting God do that in your life. Even when you come in here and you're just like, I I don't know if I really desire that. Well, let God put that in you. So pray this scripture. I I challenge you as a church. Pray this scripture. God's working in me. Let's say it together. God's working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Let's say it again. God is working in me, giving me the desire and the power to change. That easy. If you start praying that prayer over your life, trust me. God will start putting those right desires on the inside of you to change. And he won't just leave you there with a desire. He will give you the power to back it up that you can really change. Come on, do you believe that, church family? So God working in us, giving us the desire and power to change. The power of desire. So if we're going to change, we have to desire the change that we want to see. It has to be internal, not external. We have to have a want to, to change. And God can give us that, the desire and power to do His will. Now I want to talk about an, another side of desire. Because so many people say, well, I don't want to do that. I know I need to do that, but I don't want to do that. I I know what's good for me, but I still don't do it. First of all, you pray verses like that give you the desire and power to do his will. But how do you start taking steps to go there with your desire? I'm going to tell you. Write this down. What you give yourself to, your desires will follow. What you give yourself to, your desires will follow. But notice, your desires don't come first. What you give yourself to, your desires will follow. And most people give up before they get a desire for something new. So how does that work? A lot of people, when they first start coming to church, they start reading their Bible and they they give up quickly they give up so quickly now what what's going on there they don't have the desire yet to do it so what do you need to do you say i want to read my bible more this year what you give yourself to your desires will follow when i say that i mean more than one day cuz you're not giving yourself time enough for your body your spirit and your mind to catch up with your desire so what you give yourself to your desires will follow So if you read your Bible for a couple days and say, I don't get it. I don't want to do this. I'm not excited about it. You haven't given God or your body and mind a chance to catch up with that. You have to give yourself to something and your desires will follow also. So the more you read your Bible, guess what? The more you want to read your Bible. Same way with prayer. A lot of people stop praying because they say, well, it's boring. I'm not getting much out of it. It's not exciting. You haven't given yourself to it yet, so your desires haven't followed yet. The more you give yourself to prayer, your desires will follow. I know going back to the gym, um, I used to work out in high school. Now, don't laugh. You guys always look at me with a smirk when I say gym. Um, I used to work out in high school. I took a period of time off, you know, for training for the Mr. Universe competition. Uh, I, I took some time off. I got fat and uh, got out of shape. And then about five years ago, I had this little girl named Natalie Hope Jacobs. And I realized I'm going to have a dad bod the rest of my life if I don't do something about this. You guys know about dad bod? Okay. Most of you guys have it. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, you got to do something. And I realized, you know, for the sake of my life and energy And my health, I need to do something about it. It's not about looks anymore. It's about health, and it's about beating up little boys. That's all it's about at this point. Not just random little boys. Let me clarify that. Boys that look at Natalie or touch her. So that's what it's all about. That's the only motivation for working out at this point. But when I started back after years of not going to the gym, and I used to like going to the gym. When I started back, guess what? I didn't feel like going. I didn't have a desire to go. But what you give yourself to, your desires will follow. And it has to be more than a couple days, and it has to be more than a couple weeks, I'm talking about, for you to really start changing and desiring the right things. So I started going, and it took me months to really start desiring to go back to the gym. But now, five years later, if I don't go to the gym on most weeks, I miss it. I don't feel right in my body. I don't feel right mentally. I need to go to the gym. Why? Because I've given myself to it, and my desires have followed. Come on, are you following me so far? But notice, it never starts with the desire and the feeling first. That's why most people never do it. That's why most people always give up after a couple days. So that leads us to our next point. Are you following me today? What you give yourself to, your desires, Will follow. So we talked about the power of desire, but now we're going to talk about the power of habit. The power of habit. Because we're talking about what you give yourself to, your desires will follow. Let's read a verse here. Romans 12. And we're going to read verse 1 and 2. Let's focus on verse 2 It says And do not be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind That you may prove what is that good and acceptable And perfect will of God Notice And do not be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind So power of desire What you give yourself to Or your habits And then your desires will follow So we're going to talk about the power of habit. The power of habit. I know you guys are super excited about this point, right? Because we all have great habits in here. We all know that. We're all successful. Joking. Because you guys are looking, don't talk about that. Please not on a Sunday morning. Power of our habits. The power of our habits. So we see that what we do with our lives, our habits will either make or break our life. And we want to desire the right things, but it says that we need to give ourselves to those things first, and then our desires come afterwards. I heard it said like this, most people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. Let me explain what that means to you. So your vision is up here. But your daily habits are down here. So you're never going to get from point A to point B without changing your habits to meet your hopes up here. So all of us, can we say this? We all have uphill goals and vision and desires and hopes. But if we're honest, the reason we're not up here yet is our daily habits don't line up with that vision. Or we could say like, it was on the handout your action steps don't line up with your vision and until you start changing your habits you will never change your life are you hearing me today because we all have uphill hopes but downhill habits we have a vision a goal a standard that we want to see but our habits and our daily actions don't line up with that and we wonder why we never get there Because we have to take the steps to get up here. That just happened. And there's a reason they're called uphill hopes and downhill habits. Because it's easier to go downhill than it is to go up. And most of us choose the easy thing. Most of us choose the easy thing. Because it's easy. Takes no effort. Takes no thinking. Takes no giving yourself to something when you don't want to do it and you don't feel like doing it. And so we stay down here when our hopes and visions and dreams are up here because we have downhill habits with uphill hopes. Are you here today? And we realize that we become what we repeatedly do for the good or the bad, for the positive or the negative. We're always changing, to be honest in here, we're always changing, just most of us are changing downhill, not uphill, because we're always changing. So we have to do something different if we want to get a different result. The definition of insanity is this, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. But that's what most of us do. We do the same thing day after day after day. Our habits are the same. Our talking is the same. Our thinking is the same. We do the same things. And then we think that suddenly, supernaturally, our life's going to change for the better. It's not. Why? Because we have downhill habits with uphill hopes. And we're going to have to take some steps to get to where we want to go. But it starts in our habits, our daily habits. Let me bring it a little bit closer to home. You ready? Hang on. Buckle your seatbelt. When I say habits, I'm talking about what you do daily. What you do daily. Not what you do weekly, or monthly, or yearly. What you do daily is your habits. The way you wake up, The way you go to work, the way you are at work, the way you come home, the way you are with your family, that's your habits daily. I'm going to read a quote quote to you from uh, John Maxwell. He said, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of our success is found in our daily habits. So you will never change your life Until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily habits. So the power of habit. If we're going to change, we have to change our habits. More specifically, we have to change what we do daily. How many of you guys are like me? That you say, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going to change next week. I'm going to start eating right next Wednesday. (laughs) Anybody there with me? And what happens? It never changes. You never change. Why? Because you don't start today. You don't change your habits today. It's not something you do daily. Something you say you're going to do. I'm the king of procrastination. I'm going to do that. And it never happens. Can we be honest? It never happens. Can I talk about people that annoy me for a second? Aren't you annoyed at people that can just flip a switch and they just change? Aren't you annoyed? It's like they just change their diet like that, and they're not even craving a cheeseburger anymore. What's the matter with you? Are you a robot or something? It's just like they flipped a switch. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not eating that anymore. But you don't even want it anymore? You don't even want a french fry? What's the matter with you? But it's not like they've been doing it for a long time. It's like from one day to the next, just flip the switch. I'm going to stop doing that. They just stopped doing that. There's certain people in this congregation like that. I don't like you guys. You make it look too easy for the rest of us who have desires and feelings and emotions. And once, and bad habits and procrastination, people can just flip a switch like that. It's like, you're, that's, you're not right. You're not a real human being. But the truth is, for most of us, we say we're going to start someday, tomorrow, next week. And we never start with our daily habits. So when we want to change our life, nothing will change. Hear me, nothing will change until we do something daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily habits. You will not start reading the Bible until you go home today and read your Bible, and then wake up tomorrow and find a time and read your Bible, and that's how you start a new habit, but you got to do it daily if you're going to start changing your life, and, and if you want to change, you know, your health, you're going to have to start eating different today. Well, Monday, not for me. Monday when I come up to church, not today. Because after I preached, I'm tired, and I just need some like fried chicken or something. I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow. But it doesn't happen until you start doing it daily. And then after a while, what, what does it become? A habit. And you have new habits. And when you have new habits, what happens? You have a new life. But you got to start when you don't feel like it and when you don't desire it. To create those new habits. So the secret of our success is found in our daily habits. We don't change until we do something daily. You got to start daily. Even if you start with a little, at least start daily. If you start with five minutes, start daily. If you start with ten minutes, start daily. Whatever that is, start. Because there's power in our habits. All right, so we're going to kind of switch gears, but we're still talking about the power of habit. I want to talk to you a little bit more about brain science. Are you guys excited about that? Okay, I am. Um, So can we put this picture of a brain up? Hey, okay, there's a picture of a brain. I told Michael Manning, where's Michael? He's in the back. I said, don't put a real brain up there because it was going to gross people out. Let's just get a picture of a brain. Uh, So a few weeks back, I mentioned to you this lady named Dr. Carolyn Leaf who is a neuroscientist who who deals with brains and studies um, how people think and and the brain structure. And so this uh, doctor Lee, she's done a lot of uh, research, um, especially on the subject of your brain being able to change, which it can. And she has figured out, not just her, but other people who study brains, that our brains can do something that's called neuroplastesis. Which it means that your brain is able to change and mold, no matter how old you are, your brain can change. Your mind can change, your body can change. And they used to think, before they found out this research, that when you were younger, your brain pretty much was stuck that way the rest of your life. And so you couldn't change. But the truth is that we can change, no matter how old we get, our brain can change. So the interesting part about this is not only does it change internally in your brain, when you choose to change, I love the verse that we just read, by the renewing of your mind, it changes. But it will even show up on scans. If they looked at your brain from before and after, your brain physically will look different on the x-rays. Because your brain can change. Okay. Now, Katie, if I say something wrong, don't rebuke me. Just act like I know what I'm talking about. I just saw Katie looking at me. I'm like, oh, I better have my facts straight. She's a nurse. I'm like, ah, pastor. Actually, that's not true. Okay, save it for afterwards till I make my point. Okay, so it's called neuroplastesis. Pretty good? Okay, sure. Um, (laughs) So this is what happens. Now, we're talking about the power of your habits. You ready? This is what happens. This is how we change our brains and we change our habits. So every time we think, feel, or do something, we strengthen pathways or roads in our mind, in the brain. Listen, habits are just well-traveled pathways. Our brain finds these to do things a lot easier. So each person... In here today has, let's just call them roads or pathways in your brain. And these are pathways and roads because you've traveled them many times. These are your habits. So because your brain is like most people, it's always going to go to the easy path first. So if it's a well-traveled road in your mind, it's going to always go there first. That's why people get addicted so easily to things. Because they go down that road of addiction so long... It's a pathway in their mind. So automatically, when they go up to the decision to choose to do something or not do something, guess what they're choosing? The easy road. The pathway that's been cleared out. So we're going to use the example of a road or a pathway. So your brain has positive and negative pathways that you've established because of your habits. Now here's the good news. You can change your habits. And you can change your brain. And you can rewire your mind. Not just physically, but spiritually with God's help. It's proven, not just spiritually, but scientifically, you can change it. So, this is what happens new thoughts and new habits carve out new pathways in your mind. And repetition and practice strengthen these pathways, forming new habits. And when those new habits are formed, guess what happens to the old pathways? They get used less and less and are weakened and ultimately by repeated and direct attention to these desired changes you can transform and rewire your brain by new habits. Did you get all that? Because I'm not going to reread all that. So we can change because of our habits. So let me give you an example of this. So let's say that uh, somebody has an addiction and there's a, there's a pathway that's been well-worn. Now, let's just say that's pornography in the brain. So every time they come up to the, the decision to look at something or not look at something, since it's been a road that they've used so long, guess what? They're going to go to that road almost every time unless what? Unless they choose to change and go to a new habit, which you can. But notice when you change and you choose to do that, you're not going to feel like doing it at the moment. The first time you say no to pornography, it's not going to feel good. So don't get quiet on me now. The first time you say no to a donut, why would you do that? It's not going to feel good. Why? Because you don't have any new pathways yet. They're all old pathways leading you to the donut house. Krispy Kreme, I can't help it. you can't help it because you're on the pathway. I can't help it. I don't want to help myself. Are you guys getting something or am I throwing this over your head? So let's just say somebody's looked at pornography for years and years and years. So in their brain, they have a road that's been well-traveled with no traffic. And it looks like the best route. So guess what? Your brain and mind is automatically going to go there. Unless you choose to do something different and start a new habit. So how do you do that? The next time you're tempted to look at something... Instead of choosing to go down that road, you decide, I'm going to make a new road. Because you can do that. And that road is not established yet. So you're going to have to make it when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to make it when you don't want to do it. And so now when you're tempted, you're going to go and pray in tongues for 15 minutes. That's your new habit. Okay, so the next day, when you're tempted to look at pornography... You still have that road that is open, clear, been well traveled. You're going to have to choose, again, the next day, I'm going to go on this new road I just built. Brand new. Still don't feel like it. I'm going to pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Third day. I'm tempted to look at pornography. What are you going to choose to do? I still don't feel like going on this other road, but I'm going to go on it. And the more you do that, The old road weakens and is ultimately destroyed and the new road gets stronger and established. Are you here? But you do that by your choice. And then what happens eventually? Are you here? I'm getting excited about this. And eventually, what you give yourself, your desires will follow. Eventually, when you're tempted, you don't even want to go on that road anymore. Because your desires are over here on the new road. Are you here? Come on, isn't this good today? And you can all do that. Every one of you in here can do that by the power of our habits. And letting God help us change our habits. So, we can change and rewire our brain by choosing the right habits. But notice we have to start when we don't feel like it, when we don't see it to let these new roads be established. And notice what happens when you neglect the old roads or the old ways you used to be. They get weaker and weaker. And just like an old road that would go through the woods, if that, if that road is neglected for years and years and years, guess what? The forest is just going to take it over like it never existed. And that's what happens in your mind. That's why God said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's why there's people in here today. Come on, I'm about to preach. I don't know if you heard me so far. There's people in here today that you can't even remember the person that you used to be. You can't even remember the desires that you used to have. You can't even remember the addictions that you used to have. You don't even remember that time in your life. Why? Why? Because those old roads are deteriorated and destroyed. And you have new roads in your mind. Roads that lead to God. Roads that lead to the Bible. Roads that lead to godly friends. Roads that lead to peace. Roads that lead to joy. But that only has happened. Because the power of your choice and your habits. doesn't happen on accident. It happens by intentional daily habits in the right direction. My dad was a drug addict for over three years. He tells you all the crazy stories of what he used to be like. But looking at him today, you can't even picture that, that man as a drug dealer in the way he used to be and the way he used to look. Why? The power of habits. He's renewed his mind, and all those old habits are long gone. And there's new roads, there's new pathways. Because of the renewing of his mind and the power of habits. So we could change. Everybody say, I could change. Everybody say, I'm going to make some new roads. I'm going to make some new pathways in my mind, in my thinking healthy pathways, holy pathways. In Jesus' name. Come on, you believe that today? Come on, let's say this together. I believe any wrong pathways in my mind, in my thinking, would be destroyed. That I would not turn to. That I would not go to. That eventually they would not even exist. I would have no desire for the wrong things in Jesus' name. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Everybody say, I could change. change. I love this because God said it, and I love it scientifically. people Scientific people are just now figuring it out and saying, yeah, God was right. <laughs> All these years later. So we're about to close here. I know I've been preaching a long time today. Thinking about the power of your habits. It takes time to form new pathways, new roads, new habits. Now, this is just an interesting uh, statistic, but let me share it with you. You can see this is why most people give up before anything really changes in their life. Uh, You've heard it said before that it takes 21 days to form a new habit. It's partially true. They say, actually, it takes 21 days to start a new road or pathway or a habit But it takes 63 days to get that road established. So you can see why most people give up before God has time to change things in their lives. You know, most of the time when you've given up, it's only been like a week, a couple days, not even 21 days. But it said to fully have new pathways or roads in your mind that are the right ones, not only does it take 21 days to start that, but it takes 63 days to weaken the old roads and to establish the new ones. Now that was something else that Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she, she studied this and that's what she's figured out. So can you give God 63 days of your life in a row? Most people don't give God 63 days in a row doing something daily. They give it a couple days, a couple weeks. Most people on a diet don't give it that long. Most people trying to get out of debt don't give it that long. You're not giving God time to work. You're not giving your brain and your body time to change. So we have to change what we do daily, our habits. I got one last verse I want to share with you today. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message. It's very fitting for what we're talking about today. So let's just look up here and read it together. It says, so here's what I want you to do. This is God speaking. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. I love this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Or I could say, make a new habit. Make a new pathway. Make a new road. Give God some time to change you. Notice, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. But I love the top verse It says, instead fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out.